Is your business really harnessing the power of LinkedIn? With 25% increase in user activity on LinkedIn in the first quarter of 2020 alone, there is no doubt that there is more interest in the platform for business than ever before. And it's not just about recruiting top talent, but to network, connect and sell. We know that having a strong online presence in this new socially distanced world is a must. Louise Brogan has been teaching entrepreneurs on how to use LinkedIn to get leads and to win business for over seven years through her consultancy Social Bay, which is to help others with their social media. Over the course of the next half an hour or so, Louise is going to reveal the magic behind creating a standout LinkedIn profile that will have customers and clients reaching out to you to work with you. Welcome, Louise, to the show. Thank you so much, Patricia. It's really it's lovely to be on with you today. Well, it's one of the great things, I suppose, about uh, COVID and moving to this remote uh, recording platform that I can reach over the Irish Sea back over to my home country um, to speak to experts like yourself because you're, uh, you're based back at home, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm just outside Belfast. Although I work with, it's funny because I work with um, about 50% of my clients are actually in America. So I've, I'm well used to working with people from all over the world. Amazing. Um, now, your LinkedIn profile, obviously, we had a bit of a nosy at that um, to prepare for today's conversation. And it says, I teach small businesses and entrepreneurs how to use LinkedIn. I host workshops, deliver training on LinkedIn for small businesses, corporations and organizations. Um, but when we skip down to your career history on there, it says that you started your career out as a graduate software engineer for BT 20 years ago hi <laughs> like how has how have you gone from from that to um to where you are now give us a give us a lightning whirlwind tour of uh, your career okay it's it's um like every entrepreneur it's like a big looping circle um, I, actually, <laughs> I call it a jungle first, gym <laughs> yeah my first degree was actually geography Okay. Um, so I did geography at Dundee and um, I couldn't really settle. I went off traveling and I worked in London um, on an IT help desk for about nine months mm-hmm. and realized to actually have a career in IT. Um, and how I, how I realized I wanted to work in IT was I met some software engineers on a little wooden boat in the Gili Islands in Indonesia okay. in about ni- 1998, who <laughs> talked to me about what they did for a living. And I thought, oh, I think I'd really enjoy that. Um, <laughs> came back to London, got a job in this help desk and realized that I needed a qualification um, in IT to actually go anywhere um, within IT. Mm-hmm. So I did a master's in, in Ulster University in computer computing and information systems and got a job working in BT as a software engineer. Um, I did that for two and a half years and I realized it wasn't, it just wasn't quite the right fit for me, Patricia. Mm. Um, I also met, I met my husband on my master's, um, and we got married a couple of years later. Two techies. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Well, it's really funny because he is still, he still works in tech (laughs) and he, he used to say, you should be the one doing this, Louise. I could be the one staying at home, you know, (laughs) the kids. (laughs) Um, uh, but I, we went traveling again after, um, after I left, I left BT because it just, it just wasn't the right fit for me, but also we yeah. wanted to travel and they would only give us six months off whereas we wanted to go for a year. So right, I ended okay. up, um, resigning from that job when I was in Australia. And when we came back, um, I applied and I got a job working as an IT project manager in the health service. 
uh, which I loved. Mm-hmm. absolutely loved it. Um, did that for 11 years, went part time after I had my kids and just realized that um, in order to progress, I would have to go back full time into that yeah. role. I, that was made pretty clear to me. Um, and I didn't want to do that. So I thought, right, I need to do something else. And I started um, helping people with their social media because I've always been, even when I was at school, when I was 15, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the early, the late 1980s, early 90s, I was in the computer club at school, which not a lot of people were doing back yeah. then. Yeah. Um, so I always had this inner geek. Um, yeah. And I started to figure out how to use social media. I created a, a small business selling craft supplies on eBay um, and really built up the social media side of it and then mm. thought actually this is something I think I could make a business out of and um, so I, I I built the business up over a year before I quit my job um, where I got to a position where I felt comfortable enough that I could leave my job and try the company out the business out um, not even full-time because by that stage when I started this business I had three children who were what age were they? They were like seven, five and three um, when I left my job to work for myself. So I was working around anyone who's listening who has children of that age group, you know, that you, you can't just close the door on them. Yes, yeah. well, you can, but they'll probably burn the house down. <laughs> yes, not a good idea. You might be sitting at your desk and yeah. watch them all running out down the road. Yeah. Um, so that's where the business came from. And initially it was um, teaching, it was actually running social media accounts for other businesses and mm-hmm. it has evolved into me teaching other people how to do that and then really niche down into just focusing on LinkedIn the last couple of years. Yeah it sounds like you were just you know there at the right time when you know mm-hmm. social media was actually on the cusp of you know just becoming a thing you know I remember um, being at school and it, it was computer club and the computer suite and the word processing suite um, yes. of the <laughs> so you know really social media started only started to exist you know it was after Bebo it was when Facebook mm-hmm. came to it for really and you know it sounds like you were one of the trailblazers in that in that space um, Definitely. yeah um, so and, and you could you know, there was no experts, so you could build your knowledge from experience and, yes. and set yourself out as a, as a thought leader that way, which you've done incredibly well. Thank you. Um, so, um, yeah, so I mentioned in the intro, like, you know, we're in this crazy new world. Uh, we're all trying to navigate um, having a new, strong online presence, more so than ever before. I think people are certainly looking at it through a different lens now. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, you, I'm sure you see plenty of pitfalls and mistakes that people are making. Um, and, you know, particularly entrepreneurs um, who would be big listeners to this show. Um, what would be some of the things um, that uh, maybe it's common mis- misunderstandings or, or mistakes that uh, entrepreneurs particularly might make on that platform? Absolutely. Um, so whenever I I would do a lot of talks to groups of entrepreneurs and I do see very common mistakes one of them being where somebody thinks that in order to succeed in LinkedIn you need to have as big a network as possible Um, whereas I actually teach people to build a more genuine and valuable network so kind of like this small is mighty network so Mm -hmm. if for example you have you connect with people who you're interested in you see their profile and they, they catch your attention 
you're interested in what they have to say, whatever they're posting on LinkedIn, you're actually interested in responding to, as opposed to trying to connect with as many people as possible. And then when you go to your news feed on LinkedIn, it's just full of posts from these people who you're not really interested in. And that people will say to me, oh, LinkedIn is really boring. And I think, well, no, it's not boring. It's it's who, who have you built your network up around? Mm. Have you built it up full of people that you're actually genuinely interested in? Um, another mistake I would see or hear about frequently, and I, it happens to me as well, is that people connect with you and immediately send you a sales pitch. Oh, yes. Or oh, my Lord. send you a link to... We have this new software. We think you'd be really interested in it. Would you like to try it out? Here's a link. And I think, well, I I don't even know who you are. Mm. Um, so LinkedIn's strength is actually in building relationships, and that's how you can use it to win business. So people talk about, you know, if you went to the pub, well, not right now, <laughs> you <went to> <laughs> pub, but you went to the pub and you met somebody at the bar, yeah. and you you, know, you said hello, and they said, "Shall we go and get married?" No, yeah. what? No, hello, what, what's your name? Where do you come from? I don't from? know, it depends how many drinks I've had. <laughs> this is true, Patricia. <laughs> so, yeah, so definitely thinking about who you're connecting with um, okay. before you reach out and connect with the person and then build a relationship with that person rather than diving straight into, you know, I ha- I'm building this amazing business, would you like to see what I've created? Okay. What about the person and this, I'm asking for a friend here, um, (laughs) (laughs) that uh, accepts all of the, the LinkedIn invites that she gets and, um, uh, without any kind of filtering, uh, because, Mm. um, she believes that, uh, the more people that she's connected with, the more they, that her content and their promotion will get out. Um, mm-hmm. And so now has perhaps maybe nearly 6,000 contacts on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I've heard. I, I don't know her personally. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you say to that, that friend of mine? Um, I, have got a great, I have got a great tip for that friend of yours. Okay. So when you connect with somebody on LinkedIn, so mm-hmm. say, for example, um, your friend's called Jane. Jane sends me a connection request and I accept it because I, I mean, I do want to have a large following on LinkedIn. It means mm-hmm. I make my money. Yeah. But if Jane, um, if if I if I only want to see content in my newsfeed from people who I see as potential clients or collaborators, mm-hmm. um, but I want them to see what I'm posting. Yeah. I can then go into that connection and I can unfollow Jane's posts. Oh, okay. So she, Jane is still following me and seeing all of my posts, but I'm not seeing Jane's uh, posts. Okay, I'll let my friend know that. She'll be really interested. Mm. <laughs> but the other thing is, the interesting mm. thing is for Jane that when Jane is posting, and if I, if, so say I don't, I am following Jane and I comment on Jane's post, mm-hmm. then my ne- my network, a portion of my network, are notified about that content. Mm-hmm. And, they, and it does amplify your reach. So it is, you know, it is a balance between... Yeah, thinking, don't unfollow is, everybody. <laughs> yes, exactly. Who, mm. who, if I comment on this person's post, who's in their network who might become yeah. my client? Okay. So you do need to think strategically about it as well. Okay, great advice. I'll make sure to let her know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, social media uh, platforms, they all work on, on algorithms. And mm-hmm. um, we, we all know that Google changes theirs all the time, as does Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but how does LinkedIn 
work and does it do the same thing and how does it how does it rate content or people or connections and all of that jazz can you talk us through that well actually it's really it's an easy way to find out for yourself because LinkedIn have a thing called the social selling index um, so to find it you go to linkedin.com forward slash sales forward slash SSI and there's four measurements and one of those is the strength of um, how good you are at building relationships with people so you can measure your own and um, how well you're doing on LinkedIn but one of the things that they do and they definitely they definitely measure that um, you have an algorithm in place deciding who, how many people to show your posts to and there's a multiple a multitude of ways to get more engagement on your posts there's so many different ways that we couldn't really cover them all today but when Jane connects with me and I accept her connection request because I'm not reaching out to connect with 100 people a day I may be connecting with reaching out to connect with maybe Mm -hmm. two to three people a day if I see somebody that I think is interesting and I connect with them when the next time I go to LinkedIn if Jane has posted something LinkedIn actually notifies me to say your your new connection Jane has recently posted something on LinkedIn this is their way of seeing am I actually interested in what Jane is doing or has to say so if I don't comment or check out Jane's post the algorithm goes, hmm, no, she's not really interested in that type of content. So we're not going to show her more of Jane's posts. So check your notifications and it, and you'll see where it says what your recent connection has recently posted. And mm-hmm. if that is an important connection to you, go and, go and post, leave a like comment it or, underneath. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but def- comment on it, um, Patricia, not just liking it, because when you comment on somebody's post your name and the first line of your headline appears under that person's post. Mm-hmm. And that's how their network well, that's sees how me. That's found yeah. by people, yes. Whereas if you just like it, they, they won't see your name or headline. Right. Um, but there's lots of things. There's um, finding out when your network are most likely to engage with your post. Um, if you have a mainly, if, you're, if you, people you want to connect with work in nine to five jobs, think about when those people are taking a break from work. Um, but if you are connecting with other entrepreneurs, then, you know, think about when those people are online. I actually get quite a lot of engagement at the weekends. And I right. think that's because the people in my network, people all use social media in their downtime. And yeah. a lot of my connections will, will be scrolling through LinkedIn at the weekend. Yeah, I think as you get a lot of articles and things on there, I enjoy, um, yes. you know, a Sunday morning um you know having a bit of a browse it's almost like the replacement for the sunday the sunday paper <laughs> yeah exactly so think about and you can you can there's a piece of software um called oh gosh what's it called i'll have to send you through the name of it um but anyway basically it shield it's called shield.app and it will it, you pay like five or ten dollars a month for it and it will tell you all the analytics on your um linkedin posts and what kind of posts are getting the most engagement um, what's the most popular post that you're doing what type of post is most popular for you in your profile so I this is where my inner geek comes out I love looking <laughs> at analytics and data and figuring out well that's working really well for me so let's do more of that um, and that one's called shield shield yeah s-h-i-e-l-d dot app dot app 
Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I will make sure that I add all of these um, tools to the show notes um, mm-hmm. so people can pick them up there, including the LinkedIn um, sales one that you mentioned there. Too. Yes. Um, okay, so we're going to move on to um, a quick uh, fast-paced quiz that we've created for you, Louise. <laughs> um, we had a little nosy at your LinkedIn Learners Lab and okay, um, we did promise that you would be sharing the magic uh, behind creating, um, you know, the the the, cre- the great LinkedIn profile through this podcast. Um, uh-huh. So we're going to throw some questions uh, to you and uh, let's see how we get on. Um, so question one, how do you build a genuine network that leads to business what would you say so think strategically about who you want to connect with and it's potential clients potential collaborators who on LinkedIn has an audience who could become your clients connect with that person and engage with their posts and put yourself out in front of um, that person's audience and people will start to reach out to connect with you Um, but do be strategic and if someone is sending you a connection request and they look like they're about to sell you a piece of software, feel completely free to not accept that connection. Okay, nice. And does that rule apply if you're using LinkedIn to um, seek out employment? Does it work in the same way? Yes, so for looking for employment, I think about connecting with um, people who work locally um, in recruitment. I have to say that I have spoken to quite a few people who um, work in recruitment and I feel that they could be doing a better job of using LinkedIn themselves. Mm. Sorry, recruiters listening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But showing, you know, the way I use LinkedIn is by giving value to my network and my audience. So if I was a recruiter and I was trying to attract the best candidates, I would be sharing content like, you know, five ways to get to get ready for your next interview or, you know, five ways to land an interview or something that people would go, I'm, I'm following them because actually they're really helpful and they're helping me in my journey, whether I use that recruiter or not. It, you know, that person is going to get a lot more of the top candidates than somebody who is just saying, here's a job, you know. Yeah, I think they, um, because it's like LinkedIn sells like, you know, quite heavily to recruitment companies, don't they? Mm-hmm. Like there's different platforms that they can use perhaps to, you know, is that... Um, you know, is there an assumptiveness there that recruiters think that, that that's, you know, they're using that and that's all they need to do? But I do yeah, agree with I you. They so. need to, there's so many recruiters, you can't see the woods for the trees sometimes. Exactly. Um, but it's the same in every industry. How do you mm. stand out? You stand out by giving value to the people that you want to follow you. Yeah. Yeah, no, agreed. Definitely. Um, okay, so um, next question. Um, creating networks. How do you create a network that you actually enjoy interacting with so you're not plagued with the software development companies? <laughs> um, how, do you, how do you go about doing that? I think you've given us a bit of an insight, certainly to me anyway, on following yes, people. <laughs> yeah, I, yes, I think so. So what I want people, I really enjoy going to LinkedIn because I have built up a network of people that I am interested in what it is that they have to say. And I think that people should think really carefully. And if you are in a situation where you have already got a network of 5,000 and it's people who work in an industry that you're no longer interested in or um, it's not really giving you any value or they're not posting anything interesting on the platform. Yeah. um, And to you, it's a bit of a drudge having to go to LinkedIn. Like maybe your boss has said, oh, you need to go into LinkedIn and post once a week and you're thinking, oh, it's just something I have to do. But whereas if you 
unfollow the people you're not interested in and find people to follow, whether they are, you know, influencers, famous people in business, or just somebody you've seen um, on the, you know, on Newsnight talking about your industry. Find someone to follow that you're interested in and you it, it completely changes your experience of LinkedIn and makes you want to go there and actually engage with these people. Yeah, that you're getting value out of it because we're all mm. so busy. I think you have to think about, you know, how you curate your your free time and how, what you want to invest it um, into. Absolutely. Um, now, what about, um, this is probably the, the question that every business asks itself daily with its social media strategies, but, you know, what, when and how to post? You know, when you're, <laughs> to post or not to post, that is the question. <laughs> um, you know, when you're creating that content, whether you've curated it or, you know, create, you know, or written it organically, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what, when and, and how, you know, what types of things should you post? When okay. should you do it and why? So think about what your audience are actually interested in. What can you share that they will want to read and will engage with? And LinkedIn gives you really brilliant tools for this. So if you can't even if you can't think of something to talk about, you can go in and create a poll. Um, polls get huge engagement on LinkedIn mm. at the moment. That's LinkedIn, quite new, is it? That um, yes, yeah. It's a new feature, and LinkedIn rewards you when you try out their new features by putting your posts out in front of more people. So when they bring out something new, start using it. It's the same as when you add someone new to your network and you and you engage with them. You are rewarded for trying out whatever the new features are. Mm-hmm. Definitely notice that. Um, but so what do you post? You post stuff that people are going to engage with. One of the things from that social selling index there's a one of the four sections is called insights and LinkedIn when you go to LinkedIn on your desktop at the top right hand side you'll see um, what's new and what people are talking about LinkedIn suggests stories for you to talk about and if you pick one of those stories and it's relevant to you so say you do work in recruitment and there's a story about um, changes within recruitment and there's, there's a, a mm-hmm. story about COVID and job losses if you take the story that LinkedIn is literally putting in front of you write a post about it and share yeah. it again you will be rewarded for that because so you LinkedIn are, like it they are using like it, their yeah. stuff yeah yes so, so they're literally trying to help you create content so what do you post that sharing news stories that are of interest to your audience sharing blog posts conversation starters mm-hmm. so for me I if I write a post saying here's a, a brand new feature on LinkedIn um so there's a thing if you're on your mobile phone and you see an image on LinkedIn and you double tap it with your thumb. I'm going to do it as you speak, yeah. It automatically likes the post. And it's just a funny little quirky thing. Oh, um, I, I, just, I, I just double tapped Noel Brady. <laughs> <laughs> so, we can do a shout out for Noel Brady, MV1. Uh, um, he, he remembers and, me well from my Belfast days. And people really, like I did a post about that and I said, have you seen this? So it's not just about saying, here's a new feature, mm-hmm. you know, go and try it. Here's a new feature. What do you think about this? Or have you seen this? Because unless you ask a question in your post, you're not giving anybody a reason to respond to you with a comment. Okay. okay These so are all brilliant, brilliant mm-hmm. tips. Um, and how, when do you post? Uh, yeah. Think about when, who's your network? When are they online? Okay. But, um, it seems to be if you post 
Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, around 11 o'clock tea break. Um, so if you think about people... But then is everybody not doing that? <laughs> no, because 99% of people on LinkedIn aren't posting anything at all. Okay. That is an actual statistic. That's not... Okay, so only 1% of the... Year. LinkedIn population create all of the content that we all read. Yes, yes. Very good. Which is amazing. Mm. Um, so like I say to my clients, 2020, get on the LinkedIn train now because <laughs> people are joining and they're joining in their droves and they're because they're working from home, they're not yeah. going for coffee with their friends. They're, they're hopping on LinkedIn. Um, that whole thing at the start, 25% increase. That's what Microsoft said at the start of 2020 mm-hmm. in the first quarter. Yeah. of traffic to LinkedIn yeah. and if everyone's just on there and scrolling and lurking but you're the one going on yeah. and starting interesting conversations that this is the chance to really now is the time raise your profile yeah mm. on this platform amazing but is there ways to like connect with people for lead gen without spamming them like the ones that we've just talked about you know those dreaded you know hi you know connection oh here have you seen this web development blah 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 blah. you know what is the like what is the etiquette um you know what's the value-led etiquette um for lead gen so the way it works for me and this it might not work for everybody but the way it works for me is I connect with people I always send a personalized invite so if if you and I so say our friend Jane and I I've seen Jane post something think it's really interesting she obviously works with similar audience to I work with I'll send to her a connection request but I'll send a personal note with it and say hi Jane I really loved um, what you said about the podcast that I did with Patricia and I thought I think we should connect I'd love to connect add you to my network nine times out of ten she will reply and say oh thanks so much all of a sudden now we are in a one-to-one conversation Mm -hmm. so she may then come back to me having looked at my profile and say, oh, I'd love to know more about your services. And that is honestly, that's how I get most of my business. Yeah. It's people. But but if she doesn't do that straight away, I will be posting my content two to three times a week because we are connected in this one-to-one conversation. And she's going to see my posts. And if it's of interest to her, um, she'll reach out to me. Nobody reaches out to you on the newsfeed and says, well, I want to know more about this. Literally nobody. It mm-hmm. all happens in the inbox, in, in messaging. Um, but if you accept someone's connection request or so many people send you a connection request without personalizing or adding any note, they literally disappear into your 3,000, 5,000, 6,000 network. And you don't have that one-to-one. Mm-hmm. But by sending the the message in the first place that's not a sales message it's not a sales pitch yeah you are suddenly having a one-to-one conversation with that person. <laughs> and because you're being strategic about who you're connecting with you're more likely if if you work with me or one of my clients you're going to build up a network of people who are interested in you it's tar- you know, it's targeted it's strategic yeah. so they're going to want to have a conversation with you because you're actually interested in similar things um, you're working in a similar space. So it's an easy way to have a conversation with somebody. Yeah. And not all of those people say to me, oh, well, how, you know, what is it that you do, Louise? Or, you know, what, what way do you work? Um, but a lot, mo- enough of them do to build a good business around. Um, but the other thing is, if you think about, if we were meeting in person, so that if this is a conversation you and I were having 
on stage at a networking event and there's 100 people in the audience and everyone says, right now it's coffee time and everyone goes to have a coffee. If you can treat LinkedIn like a business networking event, you'd stand beside somebody in the queue for coffee Mm -hmm. and you'd spark up a conversation. Well, if I just started talking all about myself to you, you'd be thinking, oh, get me away from this person (laughs) quick. Yeah. But if I start asking you all about your business and what you do, what are you going to do then? Oh, yeah. Respond for sure. You're going to respond. Oh, yeah. I love talking about my business. Yeah, but go. also, I mean, being raised politely and from Northern Ireland, Patricia, you'd probably ask me what <laughs> I did too. <laughs> eventually, yeah, eventually. <laughs> but that, you know, if you think yeah. about LinkedIn as as how you'd behave at a business networking event, that yeah. is how, that's, that's how, how I it use works. it. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I have actually just one question on just what something you said there about sending personalised messages. And yes. I only realised last night that, uh, not that you could send them because I'm, you know, I know that you can send them, but I connected with two people last night on my app and it didn't yes. let me. And I did actually want to send a personalized message to each of those people about why I was connecting with them, because I don't think they'll connect with me otherwise. Yeah, um, so you, can, uh, you can do a note on your app. So how I, you do I it, um, I don't know if you've got your phone in front of you. I do. Okay, so if you open up your LinkedIn app on mm-hmm. your phone and you find the person that you want to connect with. Yes, Okay, and you should see, it'll say connect, and then... Well, it says pending now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But to the right-hand side, there should be three little dots. Yeah. And when you click on that, there's a drop-down menu, and that's how you add your personalised invite. Uh, Share private message, share follow. Mm, It's not... Well, if if it's a pending person you're looking at, it might be harder to to do that. Yeah. But that's how you send the personalised note. Okay, I will find another person to find a new person uh, to practice to that, that on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what about um, content then? Um, you've just suggested some great ideas there about using the um, social selling uh, insights tool and how mm-hmm. um, LinkedIn will present articles to you. And I do enjoy articles on LinkedIn. It's one mm-hmm. I probably prefer to use it for. But mm-hmm. what other type of content works? And what about these new audio messages that you can do on, you know, mm-hmm. voice notes that you can do on, on LinkedIn? Where does that yes. all fit into the whole building networks, um, you know, shenanigans? Okay. So the... The most pop, the most um, easiest way to get more visibility on LinkedIn is actually text-only posts. They perform far better than anything else, which is weird because mm. across all the other social media, you're taught not to put a text-only yeah. post. Goes against but the grain, doesn't it? Yeah, text-only posts outperform everything else on LinkedIn. By how much? Uh, which is interesting. By a lot. So, pardon me. Do they do they um, outperform them by a lot? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So try it out. Um, mm-hmm. Also, you can get, if you can post something, um, there's a thing called the golden hour. If you can get people to engage on that post within the first hour of you posting, it can take off like a rocket. Um, and you can have people commenting on that post five or six days later. Yeah. That's the other thing. The posts on LinkedIn have a really long shelf life compared to the other social media platforms. Yeah. So you only need to post on it a couple of times a week to make a real impact. Text-only posts and think of them as starting conversations around something. So make sure you ask a question. Then you can do video posts where you can upload a video or on your phone, um, on the mobile app, if you click on the little plus at the bottom to start a post, 
you can create a video um, and then LinkedIn allows you to add in little stickers and things, kind of like if you if you are a fan of Instagram stories, they have mm-hmm. these overlays and stickers and okay. you put that up. As an, a relatively new feature, those get a lot of push out from LinkedIn as well. But they're also a forerunner for LinkedIn stories, which is coming. It's live in Australia and India, I think. Um, it's not live in the UK or Ireland yet, but it is coming. I'd say it would be that far off coming now. Um, that's going to be really interesting. I think it'd be a bit of a game changer for LinkedIn. Uh, but so video posts, text only posts, sharing articles or blog posts. Now, this is where I see employees or people who, when I do workshops with larger companies, I always say, who's on who's on your board of directors and you know, have they got a large network and can you get them to share the posts from the company page? And um, because that's you know, part of the, part of the remit for me, if I had directors um, in my company, I'd be saying, well, part of your role is to amplify my messages on LinkedIn. But what I see so many people doing wrong is that they literally just share the article or the blog post and they don't say anything about it themselves. Mm-hmm. So when you share article from your company page or from BBC or Forbes or Entrepreneur or anywhere, make sure that you write something about it in the post as to why you're sharing it. And if it's an article that you have, again, a question about. So say I shared an article that somebody else wrote about um, LinkedIn company pages. Should you use them or not? Um, and, and I would share that article and I'd say, well, I, this is why I think everyone should be using them. Do you have a company page or not? What do you think? That's how people start responding to your post. Whereas I see so many people sharing their company's post and not saying anything about it. And then they don't get any engagement on it. But it's not really a surprise because they're yeah. asking anybody what they think or their thoughts or anything. So that would be a, a definite tip. The other thing that not that many people have at the moment in the UK, I'm lucky enough to have at the minute is LinkedIn Live. So I can oh, yeah. be live on LinkedIn. Um, and actually, I'll be do, doing that today. So every Friday, um, I go live at lunchtime on LinkedIn. And I talk about whatever the content was from my podcast that week. Okay. Um, and it's <clears throat> you have to apply for LinkedIn Live. There's an application process. It's really tough to get. I applied four times before I got it. Um, I, you have to be, they ask you to be consistent with your live video. They ask you not to go li- live more than once a day. They ask you, can you please go live for at least 10 to 15 minutes? I mean, there's a lot of regulations yeah. about it or guidance. Yeah. Uh, they ask you, and this is a tricky one for me because my entire business is about teaching LinkedIn. They yeah. ask you not to talk about how to use LinkedIn on LinkedIn Live. <laughs> okay. So that's a challenge for yeah, me. Yeah, so but they're like, trying so to create content. They're trying to create engaging yes. content without trying to sell their platform. Yes. So, okay. and they don't want, I suppose they're saying like, if you go on telling people how you how to use LinkedIn, it's kind of like we're saying, yes, we agree with you, I guess. Yes. I, I don't know. Um, so I'm a, I abide by the rules, <laughs> but not everybody who has LinkedIn Live does, I have to say. Um but yes, that's another format as well. Um, so live video, uploading video, sharing blog posts or articles, um, sharing your YouTube channel. You know, there's so many mm-hmm. different ways you can create yeah. content on LinkedIn. 
Well, as we were uh, just chatting there, Louise, I've just tested out your new video feature on LinkedIn and I've done mm-hmm. it and tagged and put it in a little uh, logo. So let's see what kind of traction uh, we Excellent. can get on that. Um, on that, though, it uh, posted from my personal profile. Can you do that from a company page? Upload a video post? Yeah, do the, yeah, do the same thing, but by a company page. I would imagine so. I actually haven't tried it out, Patricia. That's okay. a good question. There we go. I'm just somebody who always has loads of questions. Oh, that's interesting. Brilliant. No, I love that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I will keep you posted. I will keep you posted whether we can Excellent. do that. Um, and I'll uh, let people know in the social posts when we post the podcast. Um, so uh, you might not have noticed, but you probably have, but Northern Ireland is pretty lucky. It's had a fairly low numbers of um, COVID-19 deaths, but it has totally transformed transformed the way that we're doing business these days Mm. um has that reflected in the work that you're doing with entrepreneurs and um how do entrepreneurs now need to uh engage it definitely has i mean if if i step outside of myself and look at my business as an example Mm -hmm. in january of this year my my business plan for this year was to get out and speak at as many conferences and events as possible because that is how I get I would have got all of my clients pretty much in the second half of last year by speaking on a stage or speaking in front of a group and then getting clients as a result and when lockdown happened I had several corporate bookings um, that literally evaporated um, Mm -hmm. overnight and it was you know, I'm sure any entrepreneur who's listening to this probably went through the same thing. For two weeks, I had zero business. And I have never been in that situation in the seven years that I've been in business. Yeah. Um, and it was really, it was, you know, it was emotionally really hard hitting. I remember I went on a, I'm in a mastermind group of five other entrepreneurs from all around the UK. And I remember being on a call with them and my voice breaking when I was talking about it. I was just, I couldn't believe this was happening to my business that I built up over seven years um, but then I, I thought right okay well I can't do the in-person work I've got to do it online and um, so I started reaching out to people and offering to do um, online workshops online training uh, but the corporates were not interested in that and I started um, going back to my home base which would be working with the entrepreneurs online and, and you know it's been brilliant and it's, it's really built up again but you have to rethink how you're finding clients and networking with people. And there's been lots of, um, I think in some industries, there's been too many Zoom calls and people talk about the fatigue yeah. of being on Zoom all day long. So I, yeah, I think, thankfully, I, that's not been the case for me. But maybe finding a couple of networks that are, are meeting online and showing up to those and building your business that way and reaching out and a lot of business online happens actually through messaging, regardless of what platform you're on. Um, a lot of clients are you're kind of interested in what you're doing. They're interested in your products or your services. But when you do that personal reach out, whether it's through a voice message or through um, text messaging, that is how you get a lot of clients over the line. Um, yeah. And I think people who are open to connecting with other businesses and, and potential clients on social media are definitely a step ahead of those who aren't. Um, then there's lots and lots of support out there from different organisations. So I'm, I follow Enterprise Nation, I follow um, Small Business Britain, um, 
these organisations are putting together lots and lots of webinars and, and helpful training and support for entrepreneurs um, every day. There's something you could turn up to, but be selective about what you're turning up to because you don't want to spend too much time um, doing all the networking online and not actually working on the business as well. Yeah, um, that's it. Yeah, it's, I would say as well, choose the platform that you think most of your audience and clients are going to be online and focus on building your presence on that one. Yeah. Now, speaking about um, your business and your mm-hmm. plans for the for the year ahead, I mean, obviously it, everybody's 2020 plans don't maybe <laughs> haven't panned out the way we set them out. Um, but when we first connected on LinkedIn, indeed, yes. um, uh, and actually it was through, it was actually through Lean In, uh, yes. our first connection, wasn't it? Um, yes. Where I had sort of reached out and asked for um, some help with another project that I'm doing, and that's how we mm-hmm. ca- got connected. And then I saw your LinkedIn and was really interested in it. And then we started having a chat on LinkedIn, and here we are. Yes. Um, but one of the things you'd said to me is that you were, you know, 2020 was the year for you to get out there and do some, uh, to be doing a lot more public speaking. Yes. Um, how has that panned out? How have you adapted that? Um, what does that now look like for you? So. I still know that I get clients through speaking. It just turns out that the speaking now is more likely to be a webinar Mm -hmm. um, for an organisation. So perfect example, I did a webinar for um, a friend of mine works with tourism professionals in America. I did a webinar for her client base and I ended up getting um, a contract with UCLA out of that. Um, because the people in UCLA who organised the conferences for UCLA mm-hmm. um, were on were on that webinar, reached out to me. We have a proposal in play, um, and we're just waiting for the green light on that work. Uh, last week, I did a webinar for the United States Professional Chef Association, and I got two clients out of that. So, for me, because I can't go. So last year, I, I spoke at Women in Finance in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Um, I spoke at a financial services conference in Peterborough and I spoke at um, a female entrepreneurs conference in California and mm-hmm. that pretty much set me up. And did you physically, time. did you physically go to those? Yes. Uh-huh. Right, okay. right. Okay. And that's where I got all my clients for probably the next three or four months after those events. Mm-hmm. Um, so not all of those people are prepared to go online to do webinars, but I I just need to find the ones who are doing it and pitch myself as I'm a LinkedIn expert. I'd love to come and do um, a webinar for your audience and and then follow up with people then reach out to me or or I ask them, do they want my free download? So I have a, I think it's brilliant, an 11 page guide to what it is brilliant. (laughs) It is brilliant. Um, Exactly. Yes, it is brilliant. Um, A LinkedIn guide, 10 page guide on what you should be doing on LinkedIn on a daily and weekly basis yeah Um, so that gets people on my email list yeah then I send out my weekly email with here's what's new on LinkedIn or have you tried this on LinkedIn yeah and then then I get clients out of that so yeah um, it's that yes, content uh, funnel, isn't it? That you know, it's those yes. eight levels of engagement that you have to need to have with customers exactly. before they'll buy from you. Yes. Um, and yeah, you're you're demonstrating by doing. You know, you're creating those um, thought leader pieces mm-hmm. um, and that also, people can use. The, the services that I would have offered in January are completely different to what I'm offering now as well. So if I you know, at those webinars or at those speaking events, I would say yes, I'll come to your workplace and I'll, te- mm-hmm. I'll teach your team of ten how to use LinkedIn. 
Whereas now I'm doing virtual workshops um, and I have a, a membership that people join, the LinkedIn Learners Lab. Yes. And then I have what I call a LinkedIn VIP intensive where there's people who are just, you know what, Louise, I just want to learn how to use LinkedIn yeah. um, and get on with it. Yes. And I, I've already, I only produced this piece uh, because people were like, oh, you know, I don't want to join a membership or I, I don't want to learn that way. I just want to learn how to do it and get on. Um, and since I launched that, it's been selling out. So, you know, you pivot. Every entrepreneur listening is, you know, you pivot and you turn and you find out what people want from you and you create it and you go from there. And that's why entrepreneurship is in equal parts, um, you know, challenging and exciting and so interesting for me. Yeah. yeah, it's constantly changing. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we'll all come out of this. There'll be quite a few companies that will be, you know, in a in a whole new uh, service set, but actually Definitely. much better, much better for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've I've loved listening to your advice uh, this morning, Louise. I've already, you know, picked up so much even for myself and for Brilliant. for Tech Manchester. Um, but I guess it's that um, you know which which bits should we do first like what um to wrap this up um this morning what would be your uh takeaway sort of top sort of tips in terms of the first couple of things that business and founders could go in action today real simple steps that they could do to improve their linkedin profile what are the baby steps Um, get your get your linkedin profile having an optimized linkedin profile is the foundation of everything you do on linkedin until you have written your profile in a way that will appeal to your target audience, everything else is, you know, if, if you're producing great content and I go to your profile and your profile is missing lots of pieces or it doesn't really mm-hmm. speak to me, you're, it's, it's not that it's a waste of time, but it's a wasted opportunity. So the number one thing is get your profile optimized that you're, when your ideal client reads it, it's a no brainer that they want to reach out to you. Um, then once you've got your profile optimized, start posting content on LinkedIn. Be in that top 1% who actually post yeah. content. Um, be consistent in it. If you're going to post once a week, that's fine. But make sure you do post and comment on other people's stuff. And that's how you will get seen by other people and their networks as well. Those are brilliant. I think I'll be away to do them uh, over the weekend myself. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Um, for anyone that has been um, struggling with LinkedIn or, or really not really grasping um, the power that lies behind it, um, hopefully Louise's tips and advice will um, give you a better night's sleep. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much.